Thank the Lord we've got the Bible. Amen. Amen. This is it right here. Everything we need to effectively and successfully live our lives can be found right here from Kelly. Right. You stop and think about Joshua 1.8, and I'll just quote it. It says, but this book of the law, this book right here, shall not be part. That's a command. Not a suggestion, but a command. And now you I, as individuals, we will choose to obey or ignore and disobey and rebel from what God is lovingly telling us that we need to do. Now, he's Solomon, uh, and he's created within us a free will. We have to choose to say, yes, Lord, I receive the instruction that you have for me. And tonight we're going to be preaching about being a Bible generation. Auckland, New Zealand, Australia, our continents, our countries need a Bible generation. Right. Because this is the only thing that will right. set free. This is yeah. the only thing that will bring liberty and freedom that's found in Jesus Christ. we got to be people of this book right here. Amen. This book of the law shall not be part out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What's the word meditate mean? Somebody help me out. Raise your hand. I'll call on you. Someone on this row right here in the back. Right here. All right. What does the word meditate mean? All right, right here. Come on, brother Nehemiah. What does meditate mean? He's fine, young man. What on earth are you doing with your life? <laughs> meditate. Are you, have you heard the word before? Meditate. All right, meditate. Okay, let's choose this row. All right, anybody in this row? The word meditate. To ponder. To think about. To think about constantly. Amen. In the back of your mind, this is constantly rolling around. That's how we should think about the Bible. And. Thou shalt meditate therein how long? Day and night. When you're sleeping, when you wake up in the morning, all through the day, all through the night, that why? Thou mayest observe to do. God doesn't want us to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We need to be hearing it. That's why we're here on church Wednesday night. Amen. My dad, my mom said, Caleb, you're going to be in church every single time the doors are open. You need to be in the house of God. You need to hear the preaching of the word of God. You need to hear the reading of the word of God. Son, you're going to read your Bible every single day. I hope that you have that habit. That's a healthy habit to read your Bible every single day. Even if it's just a couple of verses, a couple of chapters, do what you can. Man, it's, a, it's an admirable goal to read your Bible through in a year. Right. Hey, there's no other book, capital B, of course, that matters than the Word of God. Hey. You literally could not have any other book in your life and just have this, and you'll be right. Yep. Amen. Yep. This is the only source of absolute truth right, right. now. This is it. Yep. And there's all sorts of opinions, and there's philosophies, and there's ideas, but the only thing that is truth is this book. We yep. need the Bible. Hey. And we need to be people of this book. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, why? That thou mayest observe to do according to all, not some or most, or what you think is relevant for your life. And my flesh doesn't like what the Bible says here. Because as a human being, I want to rise up in the spirit of humanism. I want to rise up and elevate myself, maybe not above God, but equal with God. And even though he is the authority, I also want to have my own two cents thrown in there to pick and choose what I think is necessary for me. No. That's not how I'm supposed to live. Here's God. His word. I am not supposed to be equal to. I'm supposed to be under. I'm supposed to be in submission to what he says. And do what he says. And only according to that which he says. And I should not do most of it. Or some of it, but all of it. God help us to be all, and all in Christians. Yep. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. 
For then thou shalt make thy way. I like the sound of that, don't you? By the way, I don't want the world's definition of what prosperity means. There's a lot of different definitions attached with the word prosperous. All of that should be irrelevant because I just want God's definition of prosperity for my life. Amen. It may be to live in a shack somewhere out in the middle of the jungle. But being smack dab in the center of God's perfect will is always the best place and the blessed place. I am only 37. I don't claim to be old. But, you know, we've met a lot of people in our lives. I've never met anybody who's lived for God and regrets it. That's right. But I've, I've met a lot of people who have lived themselves, who have lived for career, who have lived for money, who have lived for, you know, to climb the corporate ladder. I'm going to get this education and this degree. Uh, and I'm going to pursue this. And I, 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 me, 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 me. But 100 years from now, it's not going to matter. That's right. The only thing that's going to matter is what you did with this book. Right. How you lived your life according to this book. Amen. And you will be judged. Yep. Your works will be judged in eternity according to that's this right. book. Amen. And you might be a multimillionaire on this side of heaven. And a pauper in eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor. Saved so as by fire. You're there by the hair of your chinny chin chin. You're there. You got a home in heaven. Praise God. That's it. That's it. That's it. No, but rather, as the lady sang, and our dear brother, uh, the attache, as he was there playing the piano, amen, singing that bass note, amen, that was <laughs> like that. Uh, how that, hey, we're going to glory in the cross, and we're going to take that, as we live for him, it's worth it all, amen, and whatever crowns we may get as a result of God honoring us, for us honoring him, we're going to take it and cast it at his feet. Wow. Don't be deceived by the world's definition of prosperity. Let's embrace and accept whatever God's definition of prosperity may be for our lives individually. We need to live with a contented spirit. Not greedy. Not a lust for money, position, power, pleasure. But rather, may there be a craving, a heart's desire, a hunger, an earnestness for the principles of God's Word. Because God is not a liar. Let's not live our lives in such a way where we think he is a liar. Because when we try to pursue our own career and life how we see fit to be prosperous and we don't follow God in his word, we're basically not through our lips, but through our lives, we're telling God, you're a liar. You're a liar. Young people, you need to follow the word of God. Christians in this room, we need to follow the word of God. The only thing that matters is the conviction of scripture. And then all these things. Hey, for a man to be able to eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor, this is the gift of God. God, God is God's going to take care of you. Amen? God's going to take care of you. God's going to provide for you. You're going to experience more than you ever imagined. You live for Jesus. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. God, God will do it. Amen? But we should not be pursuing what we think will bring prosperity according to this world. But rather, let's pursue the word of God. Hey, God has given us the promise. Then thou shalt. One day we'll experience it. May not be right now. May not be in five years. It may be in 20 years from now. I don't know. But then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We're going to focus on this word tonight, way, as we get into the book of Psalm 119. If you could turn there, my wife and I are going to sing a couple of songs before we get the message in Psalm 119 tonight. And uh, I appreciate your heart and listening very attentively as I'm speaking from my heart. And I pray that God will do a great work tonight, stirring us and strengthening us with conviction to go all out for Jesus Christ.
Christ. Amen. And we're going to go ahead and pray, and then my wife and I are going to sing. Father, help us as we now continue to move forward in the service. We ask the Holy Spirit of God that you would have great liberty. Lord, I'm just but a vessel. Help me to be completely empty of self. Lord, I've, I've jotted some thoughts down for tonight as you have pressed it within my soul. I pray that you give me clarity as I preach. I pray that you give me boldness. I pray that you give me compassion. I pray, God, that you would help us to see exactly what we need to move forward. You have a message ordained for this hour. Help us to hear it. Help us to heed it. To answer it, to obey it. We love you. Help us now in Jesus' name. We pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, this first song we're going to sing is entitled Stand. Yeah. 
Lynn's going to sing before we get into the message in Psalm 119 is a song one of her friends wrote. It's entitled, I Have a Bible. It's a land. 
if you don't mind bringing that back for us, I do appreciate that. I'm grateful for it. Um, but uh, just jotted these things down here. I know there's no new truth under the sun, but just kind of worded it this way to just give us a better, a better perspective, a bigger perspective about the Word of God. The Bible is a light to my path, a warming fire to my heart, a pair of glasses that allows me to see clearly in a world where things are blurred, and a map that will never leave me wrong as it navigates me through life. It is sustaining food to my spirit, a cleansing water to my mind, and an anchor of hope in the storms that I face and the tempestuous winds of false doctrine that I am exposed to. It's a foundation that I can firmly build my life upon, a sword that I can use for spiritual conquest, and a filter that will guard my heart and my mind from all the impurities of wickedness and worldliness. We need the Bible. Amen. And I'm thankful that we have our need. We have the Bible. The overwhelming thing to consider right now in such a day of technological advancement that there are still over 2,000 languages that don't even have one single word of the Bible in their tongue or dialect. Over in America, they have a place in Washington, D.C., which is our nation's capital. Um, by the way, if you ever go to Washington, D.C., you'll see all sorts of references to God and Scripture in our monuments and memorials. And even though America right now is trying to reject God and entirely trying to forsake the Lord, we cannot forsake how we were founded as a civilization. An emphasis of God in the establishment of our country and also an emphasis of his word and it's amazing to see how those things took a pivotal role in the establishment and the foundation of our country. But if you go to Washington, D.C., you can find a place that I encourage everybody to go to if they're able to. It's worth the trip. It's called the Bible Museum. In the Bible Museum, they've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of artifacts and, of course, manuscripts and Bibles. They have a huge, vast display there about how the, the English versions were translated uh, and the lineage of that and coming to that culmination of the King James Bible and seeing uh, how that process came about and things. And it's wonderful. It's breathtaking to see all that. But there is a section in the Bible Museum where after you've seen all the exhibits, they then journey into a circular room. And there in that circular room, there's places where you can sit and it's lined. The walls are lined with bookshelves and on those bookshelves is every single language represented on the planet for every single language that's there if there is a bible or any portion of scripture whether it's just the book of john or romans or new testament or something like that whatever may be translated they will have that language filled that slot filled with whatever translation that language has but it's overwhelming to go in there and see a vast section of the room with a white or usually I think it's yellow, it's yellow back spines of books, and you can see with gold letters on that spine, that yellow book, you can pull it off the shelf, you'll see the name of the language, but you pull it off and you flip through the pages and the whole thing is blank. And all of those yellow books that are there, about the size of a Bible, represents every single people group that doesn't have the wonderful, precious words of life. I've been there many times, and every time I go into that room, I'm not being sensational, I'm just being transparent, I weep. As you stop and you think about the human race and how that Jesus has died for all, and he wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, 
come to the knowledge of the truth. Where do you find the knowledge of the truth? The Bible. By the way, we don't read the Bible because it contains truth. We read the Bible because it is truth. It is truth, period. Yes. But you realize that there are so many that still do not have even one single word. We think about the emphasis of our conference coming up. About laborers in the harvest. There are still two billion people on planet Earth who have never once heard the name Jesus. Whether as a foreign term or some sort of conjugation within their own language of how they would pronounce Jesus in their tongue, they have no idea, no clue who that is or what that name represents. There's a job that needs to be done, and we get to be a part of it. Amen? Amen. And this job is for all of us, not for some of us, but for all of us. And God is looking for men and women and young people who are going to step up, who are going to stand up, and who are going to embrace the Word of God as the Bible exhorts us in the book of Philippians, chapter number 2. Just let me quote it. He desires for each and every one of us to be in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Kind of sounds like New Zealand. The high rates of suicide and alcohol and marijuana, even America, all across Western Europe and all sorts of places in Russia and all over the world, just crooked, perverse, wicked. And God is looking for his people. He's looking for the church to be in the midst of it, not on the sidelines. Someone who has this bunker mindset, bunker Baptist, you know, where I'm going to go ahead and hold up and, and gather everything that I can and try to survive in the apocalypse. No, but someone who's on the front lines. Amen. Someone who's not playing games. Someone who realizes that this, this is not a game. There's a spiritual warfare that's raging. And we have a weapon that will bring victory. Not only for us, but also for those around us that need to be snatched from the very jaws of Satan and hell itself. To be in the midst, are you listening? Philippians 2 challenges the church. It's overwhelming, but it's exhilarating at the same time. How invigorating. How ennobling it becomes that we are to be in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. Word of life. I have the Bible. I'm thankful that we can all say that tonight. But may I gently ask you a question? What are you doing with what you have? Do you take it for granted? I know I've been guilty of that. And I say that in shame tonight. I don't want that to be my testimony where I take the Bible for granted. I take for granted that I have a good pastor who's going to study the Bible, develop messages from the Bible, and try to help me from God's word. Do you take your pastor for granted tonight? Do you take your pastor's wife for granted tonight? And even though she's not the preacher, man, she's there as, as someone to hold up what her husband is teaching and preaching. And she's trying to help you ladies. Amen. Praise God for a pastor's wife who loves the Bible. He's trying to help us learn more and draw closer to the Bible. I'm thankful for brothers and sisters in Christ in the room around me as we all embrace the Bible. And we are all a part of what we should be known as a Bible generation. And we're trying to encourage and provoke one another according to what? The Bible. Amen. Wow. You have a Bible, what are we doing with it? The Lord just 
gave me some things in a moment of clarity here later this afternoon. I pray there will be an encouragement to us in the book of Psalm 119. Psalm 119, if you read it out loud at a steady pace, it'll take you about 17 minutes to read through. The only reason I know that is in one service years and years ago, I don't remember how long ago it was, years ago, I actually read the whole chapter out loud in a service. That was cool. I've only done that once. I'd do it again in a heartbeat if the Lord told me to do it. But I've just never had liberty. And I tell you what, after we read that whole chapter, you could have heard a pin drop. I mean, it was such a sweet tenderness in the spirit. I just looked up to the people like this, and there were people that had tears in their eyes. And I said, man, I feel like we just need to have an invitation. It was, it was sacred ground. It's just so beautiful. It's, it's powerful. The Lord would have us tonight to go from verse number nine. Well, we'll start in verse number one. Why not? Verse number one of Psalm 119. There's a whole lot of preach to this um, beginning part. Help me not get distracted, okay? Notice that the Bible says in Psalm 119, verse number one, it says blessed. I like that word, don't you? How many of you want to be blessed of God? Would you raise your hand high in the air? Amen. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> I want to be blessed. It's a beautiful Bible study when you study the word of God and see and study all, all those words blessed in Scripture. Blessed in Scripture. Study that out sometime. That's wonderful. And, and study that. Think about that. It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way. There is a way that God would have you to walk. Undefiled in the way. Who walk in the law of the Lord. What is that? That's the what? The Bible. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies. That seek him with the whole heart. God give us a whole heart of Christianity. I'm concerned. I'll just say it transparently, not because I'm trying to be negative, and I'm not here to bark at you at all. I'm here to, to help and encourage and edify. But you know what? I wonder if we have half-hearted Christians in this room. You may seem all in, you may sound all in, but are you truly all in? Are you here because it's expected of you? Or are you here because you're anticipating what God is going to give you fresh from heaven? Amen. To encourage you, to build you up, to go forward in your life so that you can be the best version of yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. As the Lord seeks to transform us according to truth. The Bible says, notice in verse number three, they also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced, notice, in the what? Way. In the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect under thy ways, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. We'll stop reading right there. And we're just going to be preaching from just a few of these verses here tonight as we move forward in this message. But I'm gripped tonight. And before we get into the specifics of the message from this text, uh, what has really, really been speaking to my heart here is when we thought of Joshua 1.8 about the way. Even here we see verse number one, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Pause for a moment. Do you realize that there are various ways that we can go in our life? Mm -hmm. 
directions that we can choose in our life. We have the way of truth. Actually, uh, look at verse number, I think it's verse number 30. Is it verse number 30? Yes. Psalm 119, verse number 30. I have chosen the what? Way. Singular. The way of truth. Now that's what we all need to decide to do. Amen? I. That's, that's personal. Young people in this room. Teenagers, young adults, children in this room. You're going to have to figure out for yourself what you're going to do. You will have, there will be a crossroads moment where you're no longer going to be able to ride the coattails of your pastors or the guest preachers or your parents' Christianity or whatever it is. You're going to have to stand on your own two feet and say, I. This is personal. I am embracing this for myself. And yes, my daddy did it, my mommy did it, my preacher did it. But you know what? I'm not living their version of Christianity. Even though I'm thankful for their investment, I need to understand that I have to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Lord. I have decided for myself, Mm. yes, it's personal. I have chosen. That means that he has a crossroads. He has various avenues and paths and directions he can go. And we're going to see a description of that here in just a moment. And what the Bible describes in Psalm 119, it's all right here in the text. It's powerful in this chapter. But there's different directions that can be chosen. But we see it's personal. But having come to a decision, he has made up his mind. You know, anybody who makes up their mind, you know, there's a lot of people that just float, you know, oh, whatever, you know. But someone that make, that's a decision maker, they're passionate. There's a reason why behind what they're doing or how they're doing it. There's passion there. Well, this is what we're going to do. This is why I think we need to do it. Now, we didn't have the right disposition or the right spirit how we do that. Kind of give people space to say, whatever, I don't want to listen to you. This but some people can be passionate that way. I don't know who I'm clearing my throat for, but you know who that is in the room. Okay. Whoever it may be. Passion. Hey, that's where we should be with the Word of God. I'm not, well, I suppose, I guess. Let me think about that for a while. What? That's exactly how the devil wants you to be. Because then, boom, he can knock you off your feet. God, help us to be passionate. This is a passionate thing. How passionate am I? How passionate are you about the Word of God? We ought to be all in, wholehearted. Amen. Amen. I have chosen the way of truth. Way signifies what? Uh, Multiple steps. A path. A direction. A road to travel. Kind of sounds like life, doesn't it? A journey. What does that imply? It implies that it's proactive. Mm. That I am putting one step in front of another. And I'm going down a way, a road, a journey, a travel. And wherever that path or way leads me, I am going to follow it. Mm. That means I'm taking steps. I'm, nobody thinks, okay, I'm going to take steps. No, we just walk. But still, it's a proactive thing. You cannot get from here to that, you know, fire escape just by, oh, yeah, look at that. How nice. No, you have to be proactive. I'm going to walk to the fire escape. Right? That's proactive. God help us as fathers and as mothers to train our children to be proactive for the word of God. And we as young people, we embrace the word of God proactively and say, you know what? There's a lot of philosophies and ways, as we're about to describe here in a moment, and seeing the word of God. I'm excited to get into this. But I have chosen for myself. I am going the way of the word of God. Amen. It's personal. Is it personal? Are you passionate? How passionate are you about it? Proactive. Are you doing something with what you have? Let's be doers of the word. Amen. Now look with me. 
I encourage you to use your Bibles. We have this up here, but I also encourage you to use your Bibles. Go to Psalm 119, verse number 128. Psalm 119, verse number 128. <clears throat> I pray for my voice because I know I'm preaching. You say, well, you're preaching intense. I'm actually not preaching that intense. If you knew me or, or our travels, uh, we're, we're just, we're lecturing right now, all right? And I'm just preaching from my heart uh, and things, and so... I don't have a set style that I preach, just preach. Amen? And thanks. But here's the thing. Uh, all of the pollen out there is killing me. And have you ever, you know, struggled with summer allergies? We came literally from winter over in America, then all of a sudden, drop here. And it's just, we're really struggling. So just pray. Just pray for God to be able to sustain us through this. All right. That was random for me to say. But I need your prayers. And so there it is. It's on my heart. Psalm 119, verse number 128. Are you there? Would you say Amen. He says, I esteem all, all, all thy precepts, even the ones that my flesh doesn't like. How about that? I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be what, church? Right. Not wrong. It's right. It's accurate. It's truth. And I hate every, what kind of way? False, False way. There are false ways. Cults. False religions. Even counterfeit Bibles, yep. man-made doctrines. The Roman Catholic Church is a cult. Well, but they have the Bible and they have Jesus. It's a different Jesus than the Jesus right. of the Bible. Right. Right. It is when you break it down. My mom was saved out of Roman Catholicism. She never saw Bibles until she was 18 years old. God saved her out of that. Every once in a while, you may meet, I mean, one in like 10,000 people, you'll meet a Catholic that is truly born again because they saw with their own eyes. They didn't hear it in the church, but they saw with their own eyes what Scripture said as they were seeking the Word of God and, and they were able to find hope that genuinely in Christ. But it's very, very rare. But, you know, a baptism and praying to Mary and all these things, purgatory was a doctrine invented by the Roman Catholic Church. It's not in the Bible whatsoever. And listen, there may be nice things and how, how cute and it's packaged, but I don't want anything packaged by men because all of that is perversion. I want truth. Give me the Bible. That's it. I don't want your spin on it. I just want truth. Now, understand this as we preach. We have to be very careful. Because we're not supposed to be preaching our own opinion on what we think the Bible says. No, rather what we say is expounding or we are applying clear truth that we find from the Word of God to give us nuts and bolts and application, illustration of the Word of God. We find that sort of testimony out of the Scripture, and that's what we're doing tonight. But notice, I hate every false way. There is the way of error out there. Where people that I have known, they're independent Baptists, and they've gotten, they've gotten swallowed into Mormonism. They were deceived with false religion. Maybe you have family that struggles with this. Stay faithful. God will use you. Amen? Yeah. Truth always prevails. Light will always overwhelm the darkness. You stay faithful. Don't quit. Don't quit. God can bring great victory. I believe that with every fiber of my being. Amen? Praise God. We'll get one of that this week, Lord willing. But there's the way of error. The way of error. Let's journey back now. Notice, and I need to follow my notes here. Scribble this down. Verse number 101. Verse number 101 in Psalm 119. We're staying entirely in the book of Psalm 119 except for a few verses. 
uh, here in just a few minutes uh, later on in the message. But notice Psalm 101, he says, I have refrained my feet from every what kind of way? Why? That I may keep thy word. You cannot hold your hand with the word of God and with the world at the same time. Didn't Jesus teach us that? No man can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one and love the other, or you'll hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man. You can't have it both ways. You cannot straddle the fence. Let's embrace Jesus. Let's run to Jesus. Let's love Jesus. Let's cling to that cross. Let's hold to Christ. Amen. Amen. He says, hey, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. Your word is more precious to me than any pleasure of sin. Is that true in your heart tonight? The word of God is more precious to me than any pleasure that sin may temporarily gratify and bring to my flesh. I have refrained. What does that word refrain mean? It means that I have been considering to walk down that way and as soon as God brought conviction to my life and heart that I should not be going this direction, I stopped dead in my tracks. I refrained. I stopped. And then I turned my back on it. That's repentance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 180 degree turn. Turning from sin to Jesus. And then going and following Christ and what Christ would have me to do according to his word. We see the way of error. Number two, we see the way of evil. The way of sin. Uh, Deal Moody uh, said this. A preacher from yesteryear preached over 100 million people. Over a million people getting saved in his ministry. Man, it's incredible. And Deal Moody said this. This book will keep you from sin. Mm. Or sin will keep you from this book. That's profound. And it's true. I have never met one single person who is proactively indulging in lust and sin and has a love for this book. I haven't. Now, God can bring conviction and God can bring breakthrough and there can be a prodigal moment where they turn and run back to Jesus. But the prodigal son, he had to have a time when he came to himself where he refrained his feet like, what have I done? Man, I'm going to get back to dad. And what did he do? He stayed in the far country and he did all this fun while he went. No, he rejected. He repented. He turned and he ran back to where he needed to be. Amen. I have never met anybody who genuinely loves this book and is trying to follow this book that is proactively going to indulge in a life of sin. Now, do we sin? Yes. Do we want to sin? No. Sometimes that flesh, that adversary, raises his ugly head and it grabs control of us. And I'm not saying that we sin. Oh, I just fell into sin. I couldn't control myself. But listen, it is a matter of the heart, and that's why we need Jesus living in us and through us. Amen. That's a separate message for a different time of that. Galatians 2.20. Being crucified with Christ, and us not the ones that are doing the living, but Jesus living in us and through us. And we may stumble, we may fall, but we are going to get back up, and we're going to have a short account with God. Be here in the morning as we may preach more on that, but have a short account with God and be grieved over our sin, knowing that we had done wrong. And oh God, I'm sorry. Help me to get victory in this in my life. There's a lot that I just said that needs to be unpackaged and I didn't even share everything with you, but hopefully it's good enough to be able to move on. All right. The way of evil, we must be careful of sin. 
Sin is not something that we should play around with. Because sin is not playing around with us. Sin is trying to manipulate you and me. It's trying to mar. You know what that word means? To ruin. To break. To scar. To destroy. It's trying to mar you. Sin has an agenda. May we not play with sin. The Bible says, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Romans 13, 14, we see the way of evil. We're just doing an overview tonight. Let's journey back to verse number 59. Verse number 59 of Psalm 119, very quickly. We need to get into the message. This is all introduction. You're saying, what? What? What is happening right now? All right. All right, here we go. Verse number 59, okay? All right. This is convicting. I thought on... My ways. And turn my feet unto what? Thy testimony. This is convicting. We'll word it this way. uh, The way of ego. Ego, like a big ego, like pride filled with himself. E-G-O. Have you ever heard that word before? Ego, okay, all right. Ego, ego, the big me. (laughs) No. It's not about me, it's about him. Not me first, but thee first. He must increase, but I must decrease. Amen. You know, we have ways. Every single one in this room. I guarantee everybody has good intentions. Amen. I mean, everybody in this room wants to be successful and prosperous. <laughs> and But listen, when you think on your ways, you need to stop. Mm. And say, Lord, I don't want that which is right in my own eyes. What mm. yeah. seems to be good according to what I think. God, I, I want to I want to live and I want to experience what you have in store for me. Yeah. Not my ways, but thy ways. Isaiah 59, we preached on this in the, down in Hamilton. I referenced this. And he's like, yes, yes, really here. Brother Bowman took us down there and he was our chauffeur. He met a bodyguard. It was great. Enjoyed that. And we've got a second bodyguard joining us on this Sunday. His wife is coming. She's the ninja. You're the inside. She's the ninja. But anyway, and we mentioned this. And I'm sorry to be silly. That's not the time or place. Forgive me. But in Isaiah 55, just listen, where Jesus mentions this, God inserts this, he says, uh, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Whereas the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, my thoughts, higher than your ways, your thoughts. And the closest celestial body to the earth is the moon. Uh, someone uh, raised their hand in the middle of service because I asked them, how far away is the moon from the earth? And there was an old man, an older man in the back of the auditorium in Pensacola, Florida, about two weeks ago, as I was referencing this in, in, in passing. And he said, 189,000 miles. That's a far distance. That's a long way. And whenever you see the moon up in the sky at night, just realize that God's ways for your life, where he has your best interest in mind, God's ways for you are at least 189,000 miles higher and far beyond the best that you could possibly imagine for yourself. You live for Jesus. You follow this book. I've chosen the way of truth, not the way of error, not the way of evil, not the way of ego. I don't want any of that. I want what God has for me according to this word. Let's look now uh, at to what the Bible says in this text. Back to verse number 10. Verse number 10. Verse number 10. Being a Bible generation, I find here some attributes and some character traits of a Bible generation. 
Number one, a Bible generation is desperate for God's word. Desperate for God's word. Read verse number 10 with me. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Kind of sounds like somebody who's desperate. God, I don't want to drift. I don't want to go this that way or the other. God, I want what you have for me. I want it so bad, please. You know, like a kid begging their parent for something. Please, 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 please. How desperate are you for the word of God? Let's be desperate. Yeah. Needing it. Gotta have it. Can't function without it. Desperate for God's word. Number two. Say, wow, he just preached one point. We're moving on. Yes. Yes. What else needs to be said? Desperate. Number two, a Bible generation is determined, determined with God's word. Desperate for God's word, but number two, determined with God's word. Verse number 11 and 12. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Sounds like there's a determination there, isn't there? I'm not hiding or putting in my heart anything else. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. That ain't for me. Give me, give me the Bible. I have the Bible, and I want the Bible. Yep. That's right. I need the Bible. That's right. Amen. Determined. Determined with God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. God, I'm overwhelmed. Praise your holy name. You've given me your word. Teach me thy statutes. Determined. Now, here, here's the key. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Can I ask you a question? I presume nobody would say no to that. Guys, hey, do you have a teachable spirit? Amen. Sometimes I can find myself in my flesh having a spiritual know-it-all attitude. Yeah, I know, I know. I've heard that before. Yeah, I know, I know. There's nothing worse as a parent or someone working with youth than to put up with a young person who, I know, I know, I know. My dad would say, son, I don't inherit. You may already know it. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> That's the way he would say it. He'd say, son, even if you have to bite down on your tongue and taste some blood, you don't tell me that you know it. You're going to hear it for the, the tenth time. Right. Because I think you need to hear it again. And you know, the older I got, the more I appreciated that. You know, because it, 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 it revealed to me that truth doesn't change. Yeah. I get encouraged when I hear something again for the thousandth time. If I turn into Bibles to such and such text, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm familiar with this verse, but I refuse to have no all attitude. Lord, open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Teach me, Lord, give it to me. And even if everything this guy is going to say, like the preaching, that's I'm, I'm going to sit on the edge of my seat. I don't have a favorite preacher. My favorite preacher is whoever's preaching the Bible. Amen. I'm looking forward to it as well. That's my heart going into it. Man, teach me. I want to know. Even if I've heard these things before, I'm good with it. Because it encourages me, because truth doesn't change, and it's simply strengthening and reinforcing what I've already been taught before. Amen. Amen. Teach me. Every single time you come to church, this should be our heart. Teach me. Teach me. Determined. Why, why Why is he proactively asking to be taught? So we can learn something. 
Why do you learn stuff? So you can live it. Teach me. Number one, desperate for God's word. Number two, determined with God's word. This defines a Bible generation. You know, we have a lot of followers of the Bible, but very few disciples. I pray that we have disciples in this room. You are students of Christ. And you're striving forward for Jesus. And we're not just kind of caught up in things, following with the crowd, saying, yeah, we'll be in church. Yeah, we'll go along with it. Determined with God's word. Number three, number three, a Bible generation declares, declares God's word, declares God's word. Notice verse number 13. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Man, he's not holding anything back, is he? He's telling us everything. By the way, that's the Great Commission. Matthew 28 uh, and 19 and 20. Teach all nations. Teaching them, verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. And lo, I am with thee always. What is all things that he has commanded? Somebody hold their Bible up in the air. This blessed old book that I hold in my hand, that is all of it. Right. Not picking and choosing and what we think is relevant. Listen, all Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, present tense, profitable. You realize that the Old Testament is still profitable and beneficial and healthy for us to study and read and draw application from. We live in the New Testament era, and we live in the church age, but that does not mean that we kick the Old Testament and say, it's not for us, it's for the Jews. It's for us. It's for us. All Scripture, from Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God as God breathe. Right now, He wants to breathe life into your soul, fill your sails to go forward. Amen. Profitable. It will help you. It's beneficial. Right. Official. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And notice the Bible generation, I believe this, drawing it right from Scripture with my lips. Verse number 13 of Psalm 119. He's uh, going to go back to that. All right. Keeping him on his toes or rather on his fingertips. All right. Notice with my lips have I declared all thy judgments of thy mouth. This word declare means to tell, speak, and show forth. Something audible is leaving my mouth. And it is entering the ears of another person. That's really profound, isn't it? Well, that kind of sounds like soul winning, doesn't it? That kind of sounds like discipleship, doesn't it? Hey, I think we're all supposed to be a part of that. Who are you telling? Who are you speaking to? We should find somebody every day. Even if it's just but for a moment, we're speaking. We're seeking to declare the Word of God. Why? Because the Word of God brings life. It brings liberty. It brings life. There's a whole whole message there going to be unpacked. Hey, that's where salvation is. It's in the Word of God. Going out today, not to the horn, but man, looking for opportunity. Going out today, and we went over to Nando's. That was great. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything, making everybody hungry. But we have that restaurant in America. I love Nando's. And when we, I was like, oh God, look at this. Thank you. You gave the desires of our heart and delight. We didn't even know it existed here in New Zealand. <laughs> I love Nando. Let's go. I got a half bird, but I could have got a whole bird. You know, it's like, ah. anyway. Wow, but you know, wow, the owner, 
an Indian gentleman, gave him a gospel film card. Oh, thank you. Yes, I want to watch this. Put it in his wallet. Thank you. Yes. Declaring, you can know for sure that you're going to heaven. Amen. If you'd like to know, watch this video. It'll explain to you how you can know for sure that heaven can be heaven. My wife was able to get an item in the mall. We spoke with a couple ladies there, gave them cards, declaring. Going to Woolworths, I'm a regular attendee there. I may have to stop tonight before we go home. <laughs> I like going in there, you know, or count down whatever it is. The one, yours, yours is Woolworths. Oh, right. Woolworths. Woolworths. I'll spit it out. Hey, looking for people? Looking for people. God, who is it that I can tell? Not who is it that I can shy away from and try to just keep my head down and just go on and, you know, I, I, no, who are you telling? Yeah. There should be a literal human being. You may not know their names. That's right. But if we could somehow, some way, have technology that could attach wires to your brain so we could see your thoughts on screen, we should be able to have a visualization of the faces of literal human beings, flesh and blood, just like you and me, that we have had a moment of eternal contact with. It is our privilege. New Zealand needs Jesus. Amen. But New Zealand will never know about Jesus unless somebody is telling them about Jesus. We get to do it. Man, the Bible generation declares God's word. Now before we can move on, we have to go to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, just pull it up on the wall. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Notice down to verse number 6 and 7. Oh, wait a second. Go back up to the beginning. Uh, let's just read verse number 1. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them. God has a purpose for all this. In the land whither you go to possess it. By the way, God has a victorious Christian life for you, a land to possess, a place for your feet to walk where you claim for Jesus, and you are conquering these things. Amen? By the way, he closed this door uh, because the beeping was driving me nuts. That beep, beep. I'm like, God, I can't function. Beep. I can't, I can't do it. I can't. So thank you. It gets a little warm in here, and I don't know why I did the button, but maybe a bomb was going to go off. I don't know. But... <laughs> All right. It's a hostage situation, you know, alerting, alerting security. Let us out. Let us out. Okay. All right, verse number six, two, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's sons all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. We must understand that this needs to be a generational thing. Yeah. Generational. Yeah. Mom and dad, this is where the river meets the road. How are you, grandparent in this room, how are you investing and declaring and telling truth in the lives of your children and grandchildren. Yeah. Let's get down to verse number six and seven now, please. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Notice that's a command. He's saying, listen, this right here I'm telling you needs to be in your heart. Shall be. Let's go. No messing around. No messing around. Come on. Right here. Put it here. That's what he's saying. Wow, he's pretty proactive about this. He's pretty passionate about this, isn't he? Verse number seven, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall what, church? Talk of them. When thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, it should be all the time that we're talking, declaring, showing forth, speaking the Bible to our children. Yeah. Yeah. How are we doing? 
Are we even having family devotions? Is there even a time that you're trying to carve out? Maybe it's not daily. Maybe it's just three days, three days a week or something where you're trying to carve out time to read at least a chapter of the Bible to your kids. And we should do this. The more the merrier. Amen? Absolutely. Pastor, would you stand up here for a moment? Love you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Here's the thing. Listen. It is not his job to raise your kids. Yeah. It is not his job to raise your grandkids. It yeah. is your job. Yeah. And when little Johnny, little Susie, when grandchildren come, when the children are here, and they hear a pastor, the man of God, preaching the word of God, what he is saying should simply be reinforcing right. Yeah. That's right. what they're already learning at home. Yeah, yeah. that's right. From mom and dad. Yeah. Thank you. Let's not save the world and lose our kids. Yeah. Let's not save our kids and lose the world. Yeah. Let's go all out for Jesus Christ. Yeah. And rear and raise up a godly seed. Generation passionate for the word of God. Declare God's word. May the Lord convict us of this. And listen, if you're struggling in this, God can help you. Yeah. And God will strengthen you and be with you so that yeah. you can be the parent that you ought to be. Getting back to Psalm 119, we're just moments from being done tonight. The spirit is thick. I'm thankful for it. Psalm 119, verse number 14. Verse number 14. Verse number 14. There's a lot of, lot of meat here. Stop. I encourage you to just stop these things down. And honestly, every single point could be its own message in a series. Uh, both of you pastors, take this and run with it. I mean, develop a sermon series out of it. Invest it in your church, if you like. Notice in verse number 14, I have rejoiced. Verse number 14 of Psalm 119, I have rejoiced. He's fired up. He's excited. He's pumped. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. Of verse number 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. A Bible generation, number one, is desperate for God's word. Number two, determined with God's word. Number three, declares God's word. Number four, delights in God's word delights in God's word. There is a joy unspeakable. There is an excitement and an eagerness. A heart that can't get enough of it. Yeah. Man. Master Fred, what do you get excited about most? This should be what we get excited about most. Right here. Now we can get excited about a lot of things. And I'm all for being, hey, I'm a fanatic. I am. You probably already figured that out by now. I get excited about a lot of stuff. But if my excitement for other things gets greater than this book, something is wrong in my heart and life. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let me give you an illustration. Look at verse number 161 and 162. So I pray that what we're about to do will stick with you for the rest of your life. You may not even remember a point from this message, but I pray that what we're about to experience is something that you'll never forget. Verse number 161, princes have persecuted me without a cause, 
but my heart standeth in all of thy word. Man, it doesn't matter what people, how people treat me and all that kind of stuff. That's irrelevant. You know what? I haven't lost my joy Amen. for God's word. Woo! Amen. My heart standeth in all of thy word. Verse number 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Think about it. A treasure quest. Trying to find something that's been buried in the annals of history. And suddenly stumbling across, following the clues, and stumbling across uh, and finding the cave where all the gold and all the jewelry and all of the precious jewels were buried. And wow, to find something like that, that'd be pretty exciting, exhilarating. My heart would be beating fast. Man, that's, that's awesome. Wow. Reading this right here should bring, bring me greater joy. Mm -hmm. yeah. I rejoice in thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Here's the illustration that we're finding in all these verses. It's these words, delight, rejoice, etc. When you open the Bible, look, look right here if you be so kind. When you open the Bible for the reading, the studying, the preaching, and the teaching of God's Word, does your spirit and heart respond this way? Ready? Three, two, one. Try it again. That's not right. When we read, study, hear preaching or teaching the Word of God, does it respond this way? Sunday church, tomorrow morning, whatever. There's a difference, isn't there? One is a spiritual exhalation. One is a spiritual inhalation. Now, which one is rejoicing? Which one is in awe? Which one is delighting? So I want us to do this. Let's practice. Let's close our Bibles. I want everyone to exhale. <laughs> Work it out of the system. Come on. Right? We're going to open the Bible and we're going to exhale. Three, two, one. <laughs> that is not how we should respond to the Bible. <coughs> now let's close our Bibles and let's inhale. And this is all to be a symbol of what should be happening within our heart and spirit every time the Bible's open. Three, we're going to breathe in. Three, two, one. <laughs> Sounds silly, it seems silly, but that's solid scripture right there. Yeah. Amen. Bible generation delights in God's word. Doesn't mean that we won't be tired. I know that's natural. I mean, you've been working all day, things have been happening. I mean, we I put in solid eight, nine hours of work today myself with ministry projects. Sure, we're exhausted, we're tired. The outward man perisheth, the Bible says, but the inward man can be renewed. Hey, by day there is hey, joy. Hey, yes, hey, you got the Bible. Hey, I need the Bible. Hey, yes. Hey. Lastly, and we'll be through. A Bible generation is directed by God's word. Say, well, you've already preached this. Yeah, kind of, but not really. A Bible generation is directed by God's Word. Look at now 
Psalm 119, verse number 15. We skip that verse. Verse number 14 and 16 were tied together. Verse number 15, Psalm 119, he says, I will meditate in thy precepts. Now that dovetails all the way. It ties into Joshua, excuse me, Joshua 1.8. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. What does that mean? Um, I think I need to do this. Hold on. What does the Bible say? Oh, you know what? God wants me to do it this way. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. That's respect. You're on the job site. You think you know a better way to do it. Come on. The boss. Whatever. Um, you need to do it this way. What do you do? Forget you. I'm going to do my own thing. You're going to get fired. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm going to do what the boss would have me to do. Because I respect his position. Amen. Directed by God's word. Every single day when I read the Bible, I don't know how it is for you, but every single day I read the Bible, I'm serious, every single day that I read the Bible, there are things that God will reveal to me that helps direct me. Where my flesh doesn't agree with it. But the word of God says in a different way than what I want to do, and I need to stop and say, you know what, forget what I think. Lord, what do you have for me? I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and do it God's way. Because I respect who he is and what he has said. A Bible generation will be directed by God's word. It's a way of life as we've already preached. I have chosen the way of truth. It's personal. It's passionate. It's proactive. I am following a set series of steps I have respect to his word. I'm going the direction that he would have me to go. I'm being guided by his principles. We're going to end tonight by going back to Deuteronomy 6. We're going back to Deuteronomy 6, and we'll be through here. In Deuteronomy 6, verse number 8 and 9, you've been very good tonight. Thank you for listening so attentively. I pray this will help us all. Deuteronomy 6, verse number 8. In the previous verse... It's talking about talking and walking uh, and all these things, teaching these things to our sons and our children. Notice now verse number 8 and verse number 9. And thou shalt bind them for a what? What does a road sign do? It directs you, doesn't it? I like the signs that, you know, it says, uh, uh, wrong way, turn back. Um, in America, it just says wrong way. That's it. You guys are kind about it. Turn back. You're going to die. Turn back. Turn back. <laughs> hey, that's a direction, right? A direct signals. Signal. There's signs that navigate. Even on the road, they're painted. Signs. A sign. He says, and thou shalt bind them. What's the them? The word of God. The principles. Every single verse in the Bible. Them. Bind them. You've got to choose to bind it. What does that mean? It's tied to you, and it can't be... Taken off. It's not an accessory that's here and I can just discard it when I want. It's one with you. And you are one with it. And that's pretty profound, isn't it? Directed by God's word. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. And they shall be, notice, as frontlets between thine eyes. Now the tomb of Israel took this far too weird because then they you know built these little boxes that they put up on the forehead flaggers is what they're called you know and inside that little wooden box or that little le le leather box uh, uh, would be 
little portions of scripture. And they, and they walk around the Pharisees and they're like, okay, look at the size of his box, man. It's amazing. What? He's spiritual, man. He's got a big. No. He didn't say take it and put it on your forehead. He said, they shall be as frontless between the eyes. What does that mean? Symbolically, it needs to be right here between your eyes. Everybody put your hand right here. Now, you can look at me and I can look around. Guess what? You know what I see? What do you see? I see my hand. You can put your hands down. The Word of God, spiritually and mentally, should be right between our eyes. So that way, everywhere we're looking, hey, preacher, how are you? You can see it. But I am seeing the Bible. I'm seeing my hand. I'm seeing the Bible. I'm having a biblical worldview. In America, it's pretty pathetic. <laughs> There's a research group called uh, George Barna Research, and very reputable for studies and surveys. And he interviewed evangelical Christians, people who call themselves Christians in America. Hey, how many of you have a biblical worldview? Anonymously, the survey was conducted. People freely answered. All the answers were averaged together. Nine percent. That was the statistic. Only 9% of people who call themselves Christians in America actually are designed to be directed by God's word or governed with a biblical worldview. Do you know what that means? A biblical worldview, the, the way you think and operate choices you make is according to the Bible. He said, man, that's all. What's wrong? He then went ahead and focused on born-again Christians. That was the category. Born-again people who are saved by grace through faith. That's us. Amen? Hey, how many of you have a biblical worldview? 19%. Barely one out of every five people who have been saved the Bible way said, yes, I am trying to live my life according to that book. Four out of five said, I can give a rip. I'm going to do whatever I think is best. The Bible is just an accessory. It's just an appendix, an addendum to what I think. You know, I'll fit it wherever I think is relevant or necessary. But I'm doing things according to that which I think is best. That's why America is not experiencing revival. We've got to get back to God. And returning to God is a return to His Word. Yeah. If we want to see revival in Auckland, it's going to take God's people. Yeah. It's going to take the church. It's going to take the congregation to be revived. Right. Back to the ways of the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is the embodiment of the Word. Amen. Directed. Directed. Frontless between your eyes. Thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house. And on thy gates, there are signs, there are directions, 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 directions. We need to be directed by the Word of God. Yeah. Before you make decisions, pray about it. Amen. Read your Bible. Let principles guide you, and you can find application from His Word in all sorts of ways in such a beautiful, spiritual, godly way. Well, tonight we've just presented some things to you. And really, in a, in a way, just brought this to you for you to now take and apply to your heart some way, somehow. I've preached it, and as a preacher, I need to live it too. And I'm going to take this to my own heart. Say, Lord, how, how do you need to help me be a better Christian? A lot of things. Heads about, eyes are closed. No one looking around. We're going to have a time of invitation. My wife is going to come and softly play on the piano. And she'll play that song, I Have a Bible, at least the tune there. Uh, tonight, I, I wonder if I could ask a few questions. Brother Garraway, God has spoken to my heart. God has stirred me. I needed this message. I want to be a part of a Bible generation. My heart has been prone to wander. I can feel it. Uh, but I need to get back to the ways of the Word of God. 
make this personal. Pastor Paul, I God has dealt with me. That's sweet. Would you raise your hand high above your head? Is that you tonight? Is that you? Many across the room. Many, many. God bless you. God bless you. Are there some who would say, but the Garraway, God spoke to me. I, I'm not desperate enough for God's word. I'm not desperate enough. I, 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 I'm not. God dealt with me. I'm thankful that God exposed that in my heart. That's me. Would you raise your hand tonight? Is that you across this room? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, others that tonight, you say, Brother Garraway, God spoke to me specifically on that thought about declaring his word. I haven't been, been saying enough about the Bible with my kids, my grandkids. I haven't been sharing the Bible with a lost world uh, and lost souls around me like I ought to be. And God spoke to my heart to do better at this and, and to go forward in this area. That's me. Would you raise your hands? Thank you tonight. God bless you. Many, many hands. God bless you. Between you and the Lord. Brother Garraway, I've lost my joy. My life is a spiritual exhalation. God really encouraged me tonight to reverse that thing. I want my life to be a spiritual inhalation. And all, with all the messages and the gauntlet of sermons and the marathon that we're about to go through as a church with this conference, and I want every single one of them to be a great delight. From this day forward, God has dealt with me about this. That's me. Would you raise your hand? Are there others tonight that be honest before the Lord, humble before the Lord? God bless you. God bless you. Last question, Brother Garraway, directed. I want to have a biblical worldview. I want the Bible to guide me. I have a Bible, but I need the Bible. And I want the Bible to direct my steps. The Lord spoke to my heart. Is that you tonight? Would you raise your hand? Many hands. Many hands. Would you come to the altar after I pray? If God spoke to you, would you come and bend to me? I know we don't have an official altar, but an altar is a place in your heart as you get on your knees. And we have a place as a church family where we can gather up to the front. Let's seek the Lord tonight in the spirit of revival. Lord, thank you so much for your working. I pray that you'll use these things for weeks and months to come to encourage us as men, women, and young people to be a Bible generation in this old wicked world. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand on your feet? Would you come? The altars are open. Would you join your pastor and your pastor's wife and others that are making their way? If God spoke to your heart, you only come if you need to come. You only come if you want to come. Don't come because you feel forced to or pressured to. But you seek the Lord. You seek the Lord. You seek the Lord. Make a decision. Make a decision in your heart right now. Make a decision. This is what will change Auckland.
many are still praying, take your time. <clears throat> There's no rush tonight. across the room the Bible is not just for a select few it's supposed to be for everyone he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth the Bible shouldn't just be for those who come to church he wants those outside of the church to get the Bible. That's only possible through you. And as the people outside the church get the Bible, we can gather together. They can join us at a hearing the truth place. It's for everybody. You look this way. You can look this way. He wants everybody saved. He wants every single marriage to be a picture of Christ in the church. He wants every single family in church. Every family in, in Auckland, he wants in a Bible preaching church. You understand that, right? He wants every single child raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's not about, well, we're going to carve out, you know, a congregation and in a city, and, and that's not your mindset, I understand. But listen, we should be craving for God to do a work and be the biggest church in town. Not because we're trying to make a name for ourselves, but we, it's the name of our God, truth, the Bible. Man, God has his hand upon this church. Let's not take that for granted. God has great things in store for this church. Still yet to come. <laughs> but it will never be experienced. The way will never be prosperous and the good success will never be enjoyed unless we got this in our hands, in our heads, and in our hearts. Pastor, would you come? We have already done our response to that message and what a blessing it is. It's a great need that we have. Uh, we love the Lord, many of you I know, but again, I think we need a passion. Yeah. We need it. Yeah. The Bible must be in our hand, yes. must be in our head, yes. and must be in our heart. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. We are Christian Bible Baptist believers. We believe in what the Bible says, but the Bible only found in our hand. That's all in our hand. If we are asked, okay, open your Bibles to the you know, book of Israel. I do not know how many of us will scramble in the dark. How to find that? Where is that book? But again, it's not just that. It's not just that. What a blessing. Are you happy this evening? Amen. Amen. I'm so happy. And I rejoice in the Lord with that. We thank the Lord. Um, 
Can we sing one hymn, brother, and before we um, dismiss? And before brother, um, uh, brother Matt will uh, lead us in singing, um, brother Caleb, you know, evangelists, they're going through places and like what they're doing here with us tonight, uh, this is the means by which, you know, um, they can help the churches. And we really need this kind of help. As churches, we need this kind of help. But also, they have also their own need to travel around, to, to, uh, to go to places. They arrive here. They are from United States of America. And thousands of miles away. They flew, they spent money. It's not, it's not free, you know? Um, it's not free for them to come here. It's just a lot of cost involved. Just to serve us, just to minister to our need. And if we will not also be, you know, taking our part of that need, how can they go to the next town? How can they go to the next city? If, you know, they will not be also supplied in their need. So again, I think we have a responsibility in that aspect. We have a responsibility, church. And the Word of God is, you know, uh, the Word of God is free. The Word of God is for all of us to enjoy. But again, we have to think that, you know, this is a great blessing. If, if this has given us the great, you know, uh, spiritual blessings, the material things are just very, very small compared to the blessing that we have received from the Lord. So we will, you know, while we sing our hymns tonight, um, we will take that, you know, special offering. We will, we will, we will give that special offering. Special, that means it's really, you know, as, as it is worth. What is that worth? Um, that's coming from our heart. Giving it to the Lord and asking the Lord or begging the Lord that, you know, a ministry like this of um, Brother Caleb and Sister Katie can continue on, can, can go farther because, you know what, you're supposed to be going to Africa. You, we are supposed to be sharing the gospel to Cambodia, to Laos, to, to, to Thailand. It's our job. The Lord Jesus Christ has given that to us. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a command to you, to each one of us. It's our command. But what a blessing it is that we have this man and his ministry that will help us do the job. He is helping us, me. Brother Caleb and Sister Katie are actually helping you. Your job. Your responsibility from the Lord. And they are doing it on our behalf. Because we want the, the, the world to see Christ. We want the world to know Christ. And we cannot just leave them do the, your job and leave them alone. We have to take part. We have to take part of that ministry. That is mission. You know, that is also we give in mission because we want to take part of those work that are done in mission. Those things accomplished in mission. You know what? 
Tonight, we are going to give offering. We are going to collect offering, for, especially for Brother um, Caleb and Sister Katie. You know, when we take part of their ministry, how, however little might be the, 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 the help, but I will tell you, when they go around places and they, they, they share the gospel to so many hundreds and thousands of people, and they will, you know, um, um, accomplish um, profession of faith to so many souls that had been, you know, uh, once uh, upon a time were lost, and they got saved because these people are sharing the gospel, or not just those who are lost, but also to those who are struggling spiritually, those who are discouraged, and they are the ones that encourage them to get back into the work of the of the field of the Lord then whatever victories and successes there, we have a part. We have a part. So if we help them in their ministry, if we help them, you know, in their, in their um, um, needs, then whatever victories in the Lord, we have a part. That is, you know, you know I already told you about um, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. You know, that we are, we are told by the Lord, you know, uh, that we have to go through um, to share the gospel. Acts 1.8, what is that? You shall be witnesses. Both, both here in Oakland and outside of Oakland. We do it both. And, you know, the entire New Zealand, we do it both and to all throughout the world. Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We cannot reach to the uttermost part of the earth by our own. But praise the Lord, we have this ministry, evangelist, that will help us reaching those people in the uttermost part of the world. And that is our responsibility still. So therefore, you know, we will sing this um, hymn tonight, and uh, we will. Um, after that, we will uh, we will pray for the offering, and we will give. You know, um, what we can give unto the Lord through the ministry of Brother Caleb and Sister Katie. Let's all stand and let's have that um, singing of the hymn. All right. So everyone saying the Bible stand. We haven't done this before, but I put that in here. This in the italics is an echo. So, on the, I don't um, this is my honorary streak coming up. Um, so, the, the normal ending of the verse of the, of the chorus there would be, For the Bible stands. That's how you'd normally sing it. If you're going to sing the echo, it's, For the King James Bible stands. And the song is an echo behind the main line. So, uh, we're going to sing this. We're going to give it a go. Um, to get this out of my face. Verse 1, the Bible stands like a rock undaunted. Verse 1, sing. The Bible stands like a rock undaunted mid the raging storms of time. Its pages burn with the truth eternal and it glows with a bright sublime. The Bible stands for the hill. 
upon its firm foundation for the King James Bible stands. The Bible stands like a mountain towering far above the works of man. Its truth by none ever was refuted and destroyed. On its firm foundation for the Bible stands. The Bible stands and it will forever when the world has passed away. By inspiration it has been given all its precepts I will obey. The Bible stands for the hills Brother Bong, to, will you pray for our offering and also for the close of the service? Okay, let's pray. Dear uh, Heavenly Father, again, Lord, thank you, Father God, for uh, moving of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for um, uh, using Brother Caleb, Father God, and use him, Father God, in the book of uh, Psalm 119, Father God, that um, showed us to, uh, how important the Bible is. The Bible is our guide and our life, Lord. So again, Father, Pray, Lord, that God continue to be with us, Father God. And also, Lord, we continue to be with your Lord Caleb and Katie, Father God. And we pray, Lord, that God continue to be with them in their ministry, Father God. We know them, we know their hearts, Father God. And also, Lord, for this time, we um, uh, share the blessing as we uh, give the love keep upon them. We pray, Lord, that God will touch your people, Father God, to touch their hearts. Um, so, uh, to give money, Father God, the use of Brother Caleb and Sister Katie, Father God. Again, Lord, thank you, Father God, for your word, Lord, that we have heard tonight. And also, Lord, again, tomorrow for our um, conference, we pray, Lord, that you will give us a victory. Also, Lord, for those uh, pastors, Lord, who are coming, pray, Lord, that you protect them. Once again, thank you, Father God. Be back to glory and honor. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Am